there's a difference between growth and goals. And if you want to hit your biggest goals, whether you call them outcome goals, whether you call them uh, BHAG goals, which are big, hairy, audacious goals, whether you call them lag measures, there's a lot of things that we can call these things. If you want to get to some of the mountaintop places that you have in your life, in any area of life, you know what? It's far more about who you become to achieve that and because of achieving that than just achieving it itself. Because some things you can achieve, some of those big goals you can achieve without becoming a lot more than you are now, but not the ones that mean the most, not the ones that have the biggest impact on you and the people around you. Hello, Difference Maker. We decided that as the new year has come in, we want to do a goal setting and goal achieving uh, podcast. Now, there's so many ways to go about goal setting and goal achieving, if you will, that we wanted to do something different and just put it in a different context. So what you're going to hear today is hopefully going to be something that you're not going to see in other places. Because right now, this time of year, as the new year has begun, there's a lot of people talking about hitting your goals, the new year, new you, all that kind of stuff. And so I've been thinking a lot about this and I wanted to just take an abstract portion of it because there are so many systems and usually they involve a couple things. One is writing down what it is that you want to accomplish. The second thing is putting time limits on it. And then the third thing is checking in to see how you're achieving or how you're going and proceeding on that plan against that timeline. That's kind of the, the basics of goal setting and goal achieving for most parts. Now, again, there's so many different systems that you can use that I didn't really want to go into that because I want you to find one that works best for you. But at the end of the day, there's some principles that I think that you can use in any system that will help you really drive to what it is that, you wanting, that you're wanting to achieve. Now, let me start out by saying this. When it comes to goals, a lot of people typically put their goals in one of two buckets. One is their professional goals and two is their monetary or financial goals. And I think those are both important. But don't forget, if that becomes your identity, if you lose either one of those things, now you're lost. And so for me, it starts with who we're becoming first and then what we're creating from who we become. So that's going to be kind of the the basis of what I share with you. And some of this is going to come through an experience that I just had recently. So a few months ago, I actually had the chance to go with my stepdad to something called the honor flight. And what the honor flight is, is it's for those brave men and women, those heroes of our country that served from Vietnam and Korea, and even a few left, a few of the, the heroes from World War II. And so what happens is, is you apply to this event, and if you are chosen, then the honor flight will take you and a, they call them a guardian, along with you to Washington, D.C. to see all these special monuments for these conflicts. And so um, I got to go as the guardian for my stepdad. Now, I learned a couple things, and one of them is really relevant to where we're going to take this conversation. But... In all, it was an amazing, amazing experience for me. The first thing that I realized is um, my stepdad is 85 years old and I've known him for decades and decades and decades. And over time, it's been a pleasure for me to see his creativity and all of the things that he can do with his hands. Just amazing, amazing man. This time as we went, I got to be his caretaker. His guardian is the term. So I made sure that he got to all the right places made sure that everything that he needed was handled. 
So it was an honor for that kind of mantle to shift from him of caretaker to me being a caretaker. And there's something in that that's just really special. And it has nothing to do with goals and everything to do with fulfillment and just the chance to give back and experience life from a different perspective. So that was the first big thing I took from that trip. The second big thing was seeing an experience through the eyes of another human being. See, for me, all of these things are history. So whether we're talking about Vietnam, Korea, World War II, they're things that I learned about or read about, but I didn't experience. And to be with this group of basically 65 service members and walking through the monuments and watching the videos and going through the process with them, seeing the emotions that it brought back, hearing the stories, the good and the bad, it was powerful. And so maybe something that you can take from this, if nothing else, is to go experience something through someone else's eyes and try to really get into the emotion of it. That was really, really amazing for me. But the, thing, the third thing that hit me really uniquely, and I don't know why, but that I wanted to bring into this podcast, the show today, was that a lot of the places we went to had sculptures as part of the monument or part of the remembrance or the honoring. And when I saw those sculptures, it just basically emblazoned into my mind the fact that this 3D, this 3D rendering of a scene or of a person, it was so incredibly powerful. So whether it was at the Navy Memorial, there was a, a variety of, of flat scapes that sculptures were brought out in 3D off the 2D, uh, off the 2D plaque, and they were phenomenal. Or at the Korean Monument, showing the, the, the uh, different uh, actors there or the, the participants walking in, in unison and in form. And in Vietnam, these, there was like 30 or 40 sculptures, full life, full-on sculptures of, of these soldiers walking through rice paddies. And they, are, they, they have so much emotion to them. Even though they're not animate objects, they feel animate. And it was that, that thing that made me think as we were getting ready to do this show that, you know what, when I look at what we're creating in our lives, it's far more like a sculpture than it is a painting. See, a painting is a 2D process and there's amazing emotion and amazing things that come in paintings. But when you look at something that's 3D, that sculpture that you can see all the way around it, all the angles, you can touch it, it's unreal the product that gets created. And so I would challenge us all to look at our life as a sculpture. And the beautiful thing is that we are the artist. We are the sculptor of the sculpture. And there's some tools that we use in order to bring out this sculpting. And for me, that's where I wanted to take this. So commit yourself as we get started on this program together that you wanna be a sculptor and an amazing sculptor, an amazing artist of your life because your life is going to be the sculpture of magnificence that we create as long as we put just a few common, practical, basic things into place, but we do them relentlessly. So. Without further ado, let's jump into it and talk about the tools from my perspective that can help you have an incredible year, an incredible quarter, an incredible week in the sense of goal setting and goal achieving. All right, so first, the first thing that when we think about sculptures is understand the timing of them. Sculptures are not created in minutes. They're created in longer periods of time, sometimes years and sometimes even decades. When you look at things like Mount Rushmore and some of these sculptures, they take decades and frankly, a sculpture 
as a masterpiece might always be able to have just a little more refinement to it. And that's what we're after in this process. But while they're not created in minutes, sculptures are created in moments. Every moment, every time you take the chance to be kind to someone, the chance you take to think about another person or the, the, you take the time to do the right thing that's gonna lead you to your goals, those are moments. Those are all small chips into that rock, into that granite that are bringing out the magic that is the life that you wanna create, your perfect sculpture. So remember, it's, it doesn't happen in minutes, but it happens in moments and over time. That's the first concept I wanted you to get about goals. Next is when it comes to looking at being the best sculptor we can, think about this. It, we're not just sculpting, our sculpture when it's complete isn't just gonna be showing our outer life it should also be a reflection of our inner lives. Meaning as a sculptor, we gotta work on both the outer side of our body, of our bodies and our, our um, circumstances and our profession, we got relationships, we gotta work on all that. But maybe more importantly, for sure as importantly, is working and sculpting the inner part of who we are. What does that look like? Are we looking at our mental strength and our emotional strength? Are we working on that? Are we working on how we connect in our self-awareness? All of these things we're gonna go into in just a little bit, but the inner sculpture is every bit as important as the outer sculpture. So the next pro, or the next thought I want you to have, besides being a sculptor and working on the inner and outer, is that there's a difference between growth and goals. And if you wanna hit your biggest goals, whether you call them outcome goals, whether you call them uh, BHAG goals, which are big, hairy, audacious goals, whether you call them lag measures, there's a lot of things that we can call these things. If you wanna get to some of the mountaintop places that you have in your life, in any area of life, you know what? It's far more about who you become to achieve that and because of achieving that than just achieving it itself. Because some things you can achieve, some of those big goals you can achieve without becoming a lot more than you are now, but not the ones that mean the most not the ones that have the biggest impact on you and the people around you. So if you wanna become and, and become the person you need to be to hit those big goals, it's about who you grow into and who you become on the process. So I wanna put a real big emphasis in the show about personal growth, internal growth, so that you now can focus on the external things that you want. So if we wanna look at the, let me give a few definition of terms here. When it comes to these, these goals, I used a few terms earlier, outcome goals, process goals, lag measures, lead measures, all these things. We're gonna put a, a few definitions to these because this is where it's gonna to dovetail together to see how you can become more as you're sculpting your life and accomplish more or do more throughout this next year to come. So if we look at a, a, something that's at the end of the road. In other words, let, let's use for an example, you wanna lose 50 pounds, or you want to um, increase your income by $10,000 in a year, or increase your savings by $5,000 by the end of year, your savings account. The, that is the outcome goal. That's the end thing that you're looking to do. On the other side are um, something that you would wanna do to create those things. And if you wanna use the term an outcome goal as the end game, the, the corollary to that, or the thing that would get you to your outcome goal is called a process goal. 
So the process, as it sounds, are the processes that you're going to accomplish in order to hit your outcome goal. So outcome goals are the, the big end piece and the process goals are the things that you'll do daily and weekly that get you to that goal. Does that make sense? Now, the uh, similar names to these could also be the, if you're looking at instead of process and outcome, it can be lag measure, which is something that happens down the road and lead measure is something that happens in the moment, in the now. They're the same thing as outcome and process goals. So your lead measures are the steps that you're gonna take to achieve your lag measure over time. So those are a couple things and we might use those interchangeably as we go here, but I wanted to give you those definitions so that they're familiar to you and you can use them in your daily search and your daily grind to improve yourself and improve your life and get the things that you're looking for in this beautiful year ahead. So when we're looking at some of the things that make us grow, um, our process goals are one of the things that help us to grow. Remember, we talked about growth being as important as the actual doing, but here is when they dovetail together. Your processes, the things that you're gonna do every single day or every single week in order to get you to your outcomes or your big goals or your lag measures, this is gonna help you grow because of the discipline it takes in order to stay on the path, the self-awareness that it takes to say, is this path working? These are the kind of things that are gonna help us grow. So for example, if you wanted to, now we talked earlier about losing 50 pounds. So if you wanted to lose 50 pounds in the next year, then what are the things that you're gonna need to do? The process goals of that would be, okay, I need to figure out what's the right amount of sleep I need so that I have the rest I need to do the exercise that I'm gonna have to do. There's no getting around it. I'm gonna have to do some exercise. And so how often should I exercise? What types of exercise should I be doing? What should be the intensity and duration of those exercises? So those are all processes, right? Then we gotta say, how much water should I drink? What's my diet gonna look like? So there are all of these things that are going to come to fruition if you're gonna hit the goal of losing 50 pounds. So the lead measures or the processes we just talked about would get you to the lag measure or the outcome of losing 50 pounds. But you can write all that stuff down, but if you're not doing any of it, you're not becoming anything different. And that's where the rub happens, right? So many of us want something, but at the end of the day, are we will, willing to sacrifice to get what it is that we want? So in the becoming the better person, the discipline and the self-awareness and the then auditing those steps. If you say that you're gonna work out five days a week, if you don't work out five days a week, you, there's no accountability and you're not auditing, you're drifting every single week that you, that you let yourself get away with that, you're drifting off course and further and further and further away from your outcome-based goal. So that's how um, these things help, help you become more is through, again, the self-discipline, learning to put attention on what you want, learning to audit the system, and learning to basically just kind of follow through. All right, so that's the first one. The next one is uh, a concept that I'm really, really, I love this. And it's a willingness to always be a learner, to always learn new things or always improve yourself in the things that you know. See, that's how we become more, is when we think that there's always something new for us to learn. The, the saddest thing that I see is when people, when we'll talk about a subject and their stance is, I already know everything about this. Then the topic gets really kind of almost mundane very quickly as opposed to an expert in a field 
If you listen to podcasts that experts do or if you talk to people and you just know that they know that they know that they know and they're in the best space, what do they also tell you? This science or this field or this topic is changing and evolving and being innovated all the time and so this is what I'm doing to keep up on the latest information. That should be you. That should be me. We should be looking for opportunities that we can always continue to learn and grow in all the areas of of our life. Because listen, if we're just setting goals like we talked about earlier in, in professional and financial, we're missing so much of life. What about our relationship goals? We should have some of those. We should want our relationships to look, feel, and be a certain way. What about the things that we contribute back to society, to humanity, to the earth? However, whatever calls you in a contributory way, how are you doing that? We're here to be servants and stewards of all the greatness that we have while we create a great life for ourselves as well. What are your thoughts on that? How can you grow into that? Those are all important things to ask. And what about mental and spiritual and emotional development? You see, when we come to our lives with a sense of gratitude, humility, a sense of understanding, man, there's so much out there that's so much bigger than me that I just to get to be a part in this beautiful tapestry or this wonderful play, when we approach our lives from that, then we can not only be tigers to chase the things that we're after that make us feel awesome and happy and as, as are living our best lives, but then we can also know that we're doing what's right and what's best for the people around us and for our community in general and for the world at large. And that's a very cool place to be. So uh, knowing the things that we are, knowing that we're continually learning, that's a really big step in helping us grow. The next one is being self-aware of our strengths and our weaknesses. That really helps us grow. If you think that you have no weaknesses, you're fooling yourself. On the other side, some people have such low, low self-confidence that they don't even realize the strengths that they have. So I would recommend this as we're going into the, the new year, as we, we've started this new year, ask people that you trust, people that will be honest, people that you're connected to, what do you see as my biggest strength and my biggest weakness? And then you first write down what you think those are and then have other people connect in with you and see how that list compares because they may see strengths that you don't have and they see, may see weaknesses that you don't have. And on either side, if you don't see it, those are called blind spots. And the reason they're called blind spots is because we can't see them. And so to have someone bring those out and identify them in us, man, does that give us an advantage as we start pursuing the things that are most important to us in our lives, right? So for example, if I know Um, Or if I think that I'm a really great communicator, if I just think, man, communication is one of my strengths and I put that down and I ask someone close to me, hey, what do you see my strengths and my weaknesses? And someone says to me as one of my weaknesses, man, you you always have to get the last word. You always have to have your opinion and if someone's opinion is different than yours, then you always try to convince them that you're right. All of a sudden, I'm like, what? I didn't realize that. I thought I was communicating greatly and just trying to make sure that they understood everything. But it can come across as overpowering or almost a bullying in a way. That would be an example of a blind spot where you having that conversation with someone who knows you well and is willing to tell you the truth would really now allow you to become a better communicator, which being a great communicator is going to serve you in hitting all of your goals. doesn't matter what area of life. If you can communicate your wants, needs, desires, the things that are working for you, the things that are not, communication is gonna be key in you hitting everything 
that you want this year and in your life ahead. So that would be a huge win for you. So hopefully that gives you some, some info on that. The next one is the thing that causes us to grow is working on our emotional growth and becoming the best person that we can be. This one sounds obvious, but it's so easy for us to just kind of move forward in life. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I know for me, once I get into my zone of doing whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's in my workout or whether it's in my, my, my time here at Ramos Law or the stuff that we're doing at FitMD, when I'm in my zone working, if I'm not careful, I can become far less self-aware of what's going on around me. And that's not to say that we shouldn't be in flow. There's a time and a space when we have blocked out time to be in flow, then nobody should be coming into our space, coming into our offices, into our rooms, you know, into our practice session or whatever. That is the time for focused attention on the things that we're intending to accomplish. So we need that time. I'm talking about that time outside of that. Are we developing our emotional intelligence, our emotional strength by understanding and looking at who we are as people? Are we paying attention to how we interact with the world around us. That means the people, that means the environment. Are we paying attention to that? Are we being conscious citizens of the planet? And if we'll look at those kinds of things and look at our emotional awareness and, and know this, what truly makes us happy? Not what someone tells us on a TV show, a billboard, um, online, on digital, on social media, what makes them happy that we should be chasing, but literally what makes us happy. Because think about this. If you truly know the things that make you happy, the, the bare core of what makes you happy, that sure eliminates a lot of junk that we chase sometimes that we think will make us happy that at the end of the day, bring us nothing more than more stuff, more drama, more issues, more cost, right? And it's not to say that we can't have all kinds of cool stuff in our lives, material things, while money doesn't buy happiness, money can buy things that make us happy. Money can buy time that brings us happy. Money can allow us to give to other people and causes and things that bring joy to us and others. So this isn't a talk about money being good or bad. This is about us saying, knowing what we truly need to be happy and then chasing just those things until we get them. And then who knows, that may evolve into a little bit more things outside of that. But there's a core of things that make you and make me happy, and if we identify them, we have to be emotionally in tune to identify them. That just makes the chase of the other things that, that go to that much, much simpler. It won't always be easy, but it'll be simple if we identify what truly makes us happy and leverage our emotional intelligence. So the next one that I wanna talk about um, in a way to help us grow is the willingness to fail fast. And fail fast or fail forward, those are John Maxwell concepts. And essentially what it means is, don't expect to be perfect. Expect to be learning. Don't expect to never mess up, expect to be growing. And the only way you're gonna do that is by what people call failing. But if you look at it right and you say, I know I'm not always gonna get it right. I know I'm gonna mess it up in any part of my life, right? I'll make a bad investment. Uh, I'll say something stupid in a relationship. I will um, blow an assignment at school. I'll miss a deadline at work. Sometimes that stuff's gonna happen. And when it does, it's not about judging the entirety or the entire body of work, but rather saying, what is this that I learned from this? So that's a really important concept is fail forward and fail fast. That will really help us grow. 
And then the last one is understanding the measurement time of our lead measures. So the, the process of our, the processes that we're using to get our lag measures. If you, going back to our example of, of losing weight, if we decided that we wanted to, uh, we needed to work out, we needed to get enough sleep, we needed to eat a certain way, we've already talked about that. What are all the lead measures? Now, how often should those be measured? How often should we be looking at them? So if I were to show you, in this example, if I were to show you my daily workout log, it is so rudimentary, it's ridiculous. It's written in pen in hand. I wrote one master copy and then I just make copies of it. And then every single morning when I'm in, in the gym working out, I have very specific list of things that I do. And all I have is a check, I just put a check mark in these boxes. And for me, as an example, I have um, like, let's just say that I have a body part listed there. So let's say back. If I have back, I know in my mind, I need at least 10 to 13 sets of back per week in order to do what I wanna do. So if I do three sets of back one day, then there's three check marks. If I do um, mobility, I have boxes for mobility. I put how much time I spent in mobility with check marks. If I do explosion, explosion training of jumping and this and that, I put how many check marks. And to me, when I look, it's so easy then at the end of the week, I look at that and I say, how many of those boxes are filled out? And I know where I need to be. So it's super simple, but I need to mark that every day and then look at it throughout the week. That's how often the tempo is of my lead measures to know that I can stay at or get to my lag measure in my fitness goals. So an example in finances, if you wanted to save another $5,000 this year, the lead measure is saying how much do, where am I gonna get the money from to put away and where am I gonna put the money? And then once you decide those two things, now your lead measure is every paycheck or every time you get money, did you take the money from there and did you put it where it was supposed to go? And then how far are you towards your goal? So if you're looking at that weekly, oh man, I saved another $50 this week. Oh, great. Now I'm at 3,000 because of that $50. So you, know, you need to understand the time of measuring your lead measures to get to your lag measure. Now here's something really, really important about lag measures or outcome goals. A lot of people, and I used to be in this camp, would say, um, I want to save that $5,000 by the end of the year. By the end of the year, that's when I want to have the $5,000. And I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's another way to look at that. If saving $5,000 is the goal, unless you're saving it for a specific thing, like um, a trip somewhere or a special thing, and you want that thing by the end of a certain point in time, if it's just to save the money, or if it's just to lose 50 pounds, like whatever this number is, I've become far less attached to the date, the deadline or the date of that outcome or big goal because what I know is if I do all my process goals, all my lead measures, if I'm relentless on those things, then the timing of that goal is going to work out when it's supposed to. How cool is that? See, if you set if you didn't know and you know there's a lot of things that could happen between now and 50 pounds, you could have a metabolic issue that makes you losing weight harder than for someone who doesn't have the metabolic issue. So for you, that 50 pounds in that time frame, I'm gonna do that in three months. Well, maybe that's not reasonable for you. So instead of committing to the three month time, commit to the process, commit to the auditing of the process, commit to your attitude in the process. And all of a sudden, that 50 pounds, if you don't hit it at three months, you let's say you're at 30 pounds, now you don't give up and say, oh, 
that was such a waste. I have 20 pounds to go, I barely made it halfway. And then you lose all the momentum and then you feel like a failure. Instead you say, I've lost 30 pounds and now I see what I'm doing and now I know that I'm just gonna keep working until I get to 50 because I know 50, I'm not stopping till I get to 50. I hope that makes sense. So for me, it, the, the big goals I have, I have taking, I've taken off virtually all of the timelines. There are a few that I have timelines on, but most of them, it's, it's all about saying, this is what I intend to have in my life, to be, to become, and I will not settle for less. That being said, I don't need to see it until it's in the right timing. Whether if you're, you know, if you have a spiritual nature, maybe you say that's God's timing. Um, if you say when the time is right, if you say when I've earned it, like there's a lot of ways you can put this in your head to frame it. But at the end of the day, getting from here to here, focus on the steps. And again, just be fearless about doing those steps and auditing and changing your plan accordingly. And then don't worry so much about the long-term goal. That would be my suggestion. It's worked for me. And so maybe try it on a couple of your goals. Have some that have hard deadlines on your outcome goals and some that have soft deadlines on your outcome goals and then just be relentless to your process and see what happens. So just wanted to share that. Here's another concept about sculpting. Set the standards that you have in your life, but manage the expectations. And that has nothing to do with goals. See, if you have high enough standards, you're gonna hit your goals. And when it comes to standards, there's one statement that I was taught by a friend of mine, his name was Bart Anderson, that was so important. He said this, we get what we tolerate. We get what we tolerate in life. And I'm like, wow. Now this is not being tolerant to other people and their beliefs. We need to be tolerant and have a lot of tolerance for things instead of being so doggone judgmental and thinking that my way is the only way and this is the right path and all that kind of stuff. We need less of that in our world from my you know, perspective. But we as humans, as individuals, get what we tolerate. If we tolerate, not getting up early, not getting our workouts, eating crappy food, not having a stress management plan. Uh, if we tolerate being bad citizens, then we're gonna get more of that. So that one concept really helped change how I operated when it comes to setting standards. On the other side is setting expectations. When it comes to expectations, I got a, a very recent example. At the last holidays, our kids came into town and our kids came in uh, from Oregon and we'd been looking for it, hadn't seen them for months and months. And so uh, our, our daughters, Tony and Steph came in and we were really looking forward to time with them. But my wife, Sean and I had spoken. We said, listen, while we want them here, we would love to hoard their time and have them be with us the whole time they were here 24 seven so we could just soak up every moment with them. We decided and intentionally decided that this is not only our experience, this is their experience. And because they lived here for many years, they have a lot of people that they need to go see. So we had no expectations other than we're gonna enjoy every moment together. How cool is that? And so that allowed them to not feel like they had to try to make extra time because we knew they had a bunch of people to see. And so they would go about their business and then we'd come together at night and then we spent our Christmas together and all of our family was here and then they would go do this and instead of being, oh, I wish we would be with them right now, we said, no, 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 no. We had these great moments together. And that managing of expectations, we can use in any part of our lives as we become more, as we grow, as we sculpt, is it's a great way to set ourselves up to enjoy the process far, far more. So um, set standards, 
manage expectations. Now, there is a time where we should get rigid expectations. We should get rigid expectations when it comes to our processes, the, the process that we're having, we should be rigid on that, okay? Again, you get what you tolerate, but then we should be more flexible on the objective goals. We talked about that, the timing. When is this gonna happen? It's gonna happen at the right time when it's supposed to. So that's an example of rigid and flexible. We should be rigid when we're engaging in personal growth meaning I will not sacrifice, I will not put on the altar of sacrifice anything that takes away my personal growth. I'm gonna to continue to spend time on it, I'm gonna read books, I'm gonna meet with people who inspire me, right? We need to be rigid on that. But we can also be flexible on the lessons that we're learning and how they're coming in. We don't have to say, I'm gonna learn the lesson of kindness. We can just go out there and say, I'm going to meet with people and I'm gonna see what I see and I'm gonna learn what I learn. And guess what? Kindness is gonna flow in. Giving is gonna flow in. All these things are gonna flow in. So that's a place for a, a flexible kind of, um, uh, basically being flexible in our expectations. Also, here's a place to be flexible. Use lots of flexibility in your expectations when it comes to things out of your control. When you try to control the universe and just everything in your world, you try to be the, the master controller, the puppet master, it leads to disappointment, frustration, and resentment every single time. As opposed to knowing what you truly do have control over and taking mastery of those things and then leaving everything else knowing that there's a bigger picture and there's a bigger plan and it's all gonna work out even if we don't see it now and something feels like it's horrible to us and we're feeling pain, anxiety, disruption from it, eventually, it's gonna, we're, we're gonna see a reason if we look for it to say, yeah, I see why that happened for me, not happened to me. That happens when we give up the, the need or the thought that we have to control everything. And finally, I think that there's a, a really good choice of words that we all can use that will help us as we pursue our goals for this year. It's what you choose to do versus what you have to do. In other words, if you want to go back to one of, our, uh, one of our examples of saving money, I choose to take my money that I was spending on, you know, whatever, Starbucks, and I choose to put that into my savings account. I choose to get up early and do some reading to improve my personal growth. I choose to not eat unhealthy foods versus I have to stay away from that. It's so bad for me. No, I choose to, because what does choose do? it lets us know that that's one of those areas where we have control. And where we have control, we should have rigid, rigid adherence, not be more flexible, right? Rigid tolerance. So choose to versus have to. And finally, it's really important as you travel your, your road this year and you start looking at goals is to monitor those things frequently and as frequently as needed. We mentioned this earlier, there's some things that should be monitored daily to weekly, like my workout plan. There are other things that you need to monitor maybe weekly to, to monthly, some things monthly to quarterly. So it depends on what area of life. And for me, the areas of life are um, my physical health first, my mental and emotional health second. These come in no particular order. I'm just listing them out. But if I have my physical and my mental and emotional health, then I'm going to be the best version of myself. So I would put those two very, very, very high at the top. Um, and then it comes down to what about what I do at work, my professional goals. And if I'm doing those things, then my financial goals are gonna stem from my, my ability to make money professionally. 
then my contributory goals. How am I giving back? So those are the areas where, you know, where I live, but you can choose any areas that you want. And so monitoring, you know, monitoring my, my financial and professional growth is different than my physical growth. So know how frequently that you want or need to, to monitor or manage your lead measures to affect your lag measures. That's important. Now, finally, this is the final thing is see it through. I call this see it through, meaning visualize what it is that you see yourself accomplishing and that you see yourself being, growing into. See it right now. In your mind, see yourself, what does it look like when you have that job that you want? What does it look like when you graduate from that program that you're taking? How does it feel? How do you carry yourself? What is it, what's the look on your face? If you see those things and you just repeat that vision in your mind again and again and again, you create a sense almost of like a magnet where now you're, you're compressing the time of you getting there as long as you do the process goals that we've talked about. But it's so much easier to see the end that you want and keep that vision in your mind than to just blindly, endlessly, it seems, grind on what your process goals are and then not see the results that you're, that you're looking for right now. Sometimes we get impatient, right? So being able to really see these things through will help, as we said, bring them closer, faster, compress time. And if you've never tried this, just pick one area, just one area that we've talked about and visualize it and practice it, a small thing. Watch to see what happens. And then you might just find that you wanna gain momentum and start looking at multiple areas and seeing yourself down the road. For example, for me, I see myself as a 90-year-old man. I'll close my eyes and picture what I might look like at 90 years old with people around me who love me, walking on a beach somewhere, enjoying that day. What does that mean for me? That means for me that I'm obviously healthy, that I have enough money, that I can do that, and that I'm with people that I love. So I'm having a good life, right? That's the one image in my mind that ties a lot of concepts together. So, and I visualize it all the time. Like I see it because that's where I wanna be. And then now these process goals are, what is it that's gonna take me there? What is it that's gonna take me there? By the way, I don't want to get to 90 any quicker. So compressing time, I don't wanna do that. I wanna to get to 90 as slow as I can, but I wanna enjoy the process along the way. So I hope this has been helpful. I know, you know, it's been a little over 35 minutes and uh, I hope it becomes an incredible 35 minutes investing in yourself for investing not only in this year, but in all the rest of your life. Now, if you have any questions about that, this or feedback, please email me, jim at ramoslaw.com, and I will be happy to converse with you. Uh, also, if you think this was helpful, if you would share this with other people to help them, uh, this has been a system that's, that's worked really well for me along with what I do on the actual goal setting and goal achieving portion of how I write it down. But um, you know, I, we, we at Ramos Law and me personally, we want to create a world of difference makers. And so if this has meant something to you, if you would please pass this along so that someone else can join our crew and, and, and make a difference in a good way for themselves and others, that would be the ultimate compliment to us. Oh, and one more thing. If you have something that you would like us to talk about, uh, a guest that you would like us to, to get on the show with respect to a, a topic or something, please let me know and we'll work hard to get that person or uh, someone to talk about that thing on the show. And so until next time, work on your goals, go write that stuff down. And remember, it's who you become that determines where you go. So until next time, keep making a difference.